The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Your host is Bernard E. Robinson. Bernard and his guests foster in-depth discussions about leadership. You'll find this program a powerfully engaging platform for great conversations about leadership and leadership learning. Now, here is your host, Bernard Robinson. Good morning, and welcome to the Leadership Forum. Thank you for joining me this morning. I'm your host, Bernard Robinson. Today's show, Conversations with Government Managers and Leaders, Challenges and Opportunities. It provides both leaders and employees an opportunity to examine the challenges that are peculiar to and associated with working in government organizations. Our conversation today is intended to consider ways that could improve both the quality of the government working experience and the effectiveness that leaders experience as they lead in government. Now, I am also delighted this morning to be joined in our conversation by a colleague and a friend, Mr. James J.T. Holt. Uh, I've asked him to join me today as both a discussion partner and subject matter expert who has day-to-day experience working in the federal government. Now, let me give you a little bit about his background. Uh, Mr. Holt, or J.T., if you will, is a quality control inspector for the Department of Navy slash Marine Corps Logistics Base. I think it's outside of Albany, Georgia. And he has over 25 years of experience as a government employee and contractor with a number of private sector organizations like Lear Siegler, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman. He is also a trained mentor and has mentored, coached, and led government employees in the government and in private sector. JT, welcome to the Leadership Forum. Bernard, I'm glad to be here, and uh, thank you, sir, for uh, inviting me to be with you here today. Oh, absolutely. It's, a, it's really my pleasure. Uh, just before we get into our discussion, as we started uh, uh, with our discussion and just before we really get into it, I'd like to take a few moments to send out our prayers and well wishes for the people living in Houston, Texas, and other parts of Texas that are being impacted by the effects of Hurricane Harvey. We send our blessings out to them and wish them safety, uh, comfort, as they attempt to put their lives back together with what I understand is not an event that's all finished yet. We also understand that some in Louisiana may be in harm's way at some point. So we hope you'll remember them, uh, too, and if you're a prayer, pray for them as well and wish them well. Now, I believe today's show will not only be useful for government managers, but also for those working in the governments in other parts and other places in the country and the world. What we'll talk about today uh, revolves around, number one, the organizational climate. Our intent is to draw distinctions, draw understandings, of course, between government versus private sector work environments. I have some thoughts about that. I'm sure JT may as well. 
Number two, we want to talk about the challenges that leaders face in meeting those expectations that uh, they are often uh, put in front of them to, to lead and as they lead. We also want to talk about the kinds of expectations that government employees have for those who are leaders. And, and then we want to discuss what do you need to know? Uh, what are the kinds of knowledge, uh, skills, uh, attitudes that one needs to have to be effective in managing and leading in today's government environments? Uh, we specifically hope we can help uh, by that part of our discussion to improve work environments, give you some ideas on what to do to do that, as well as the quality of leadership. We also want to then give you, for sure, some tools that leaders can use to improve employee engagement with them and the organization. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll have time to get to it, but I'd love to engage us around the discussion of what makes a great public sector leader. And, and so and that's where we want to go. And if we have time, we'll actually even talk about the way that uh, uh, JT and I uh, worked and met uh together as well, but we'll, we'll move there. I also want to uh, invite you to call us at one 472 5790 to join in our conversation, or you can send an email at the Leadership Forum at IHDINC.org. That's Leadership Forum at IHDINC.org. Uh, JT, before we get started with our conversation, please tell our listeners a little bit about who you are. Uh, where you work, and the nature of the work that you do. Absolutely. Uh, Bernard, I work as a government employee, like you said, with the Marine Corps Logistics Base there in Albany, Georgia. You know, I've been there for more than a decade or so, um, working as a quality control section leader. Um, you know, it's been a good run for the most part as we receipt, store, issue, principal in items such as uh, seven-ton trucks, 50-ton wow. cranes, Humvees, mm-hmm. trike vehicles, warehouse items such as generators, air conditioning units, and we ship these. We we ship this equipment from coast to coast, all around the wow. world. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever there's a warfighter that has a need for our quality control section to get some equipment out to them, uh, ourselves along with the maintainers of the equipment, make sure that we we fill that using units requirements, and uh, okay. if, and that's what we do. Terrific. I mean, and and uh, an important work. Uh, it sounds, unfortunately, that you keep yourself busy because we don't seem to be ever out of war. Uh, <laughs> now, unfortunately, uh, so uh, uh, the the nature of your work is an important work, and also uh, it sounds like on on another note, you're really dealing with some big and expensive kinds of equipment and. I guess what some folks would say uh, on the street is you look, you deal with a lot of big boy toys. Uh, absolutely, uh, when you're talking about fifty ton cranes and 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 that type of uh, equipment, you, you better believe it. We have to ship this stuff uh, a lot of times to uh, uh, God knows Kuwait, uh, mm-hmm, Iraq, mm-hmm. wherever uh, wherever right. it's needed. We have to get this stuff shipped out to them. So we do deal with big boy toys, and and, and I really enjoy my job. Terrific. I'm glad. Well, I'm sure you do, and I know you do a great job at it, uh, just because I know how you work and what you do. In in the description of today's program, I noted that, uh, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are currently more than 136 million employees working in government. That is, 21 million federal uh, employees and 14,400 or so state government employees throughout the country. Uh, as you think about 
these numbers, as I thought about them, I think you'd agree that there's an enormous number of people that it represents perhaps, and in fact it represents perhaps one of the largest cadre of potential that exists anywhere when you talk about human potential. Uh, it's for that reason that I wanted to focus the, the discussion today on the challenges and opportunities that exist for both the leader and the worker in government environments and discuss and share ways to understand and improve the effectiveness of leadership of this tremendous cadre of human potential who both expect and desire good leadership. Now, before getting to the challenges, however, uh, the question I wanted to start us with are what are the factors that help shape the nature of the workplace environment and affect employee performance in the workplace? Uh, let's talk about and understand the environment of government organizations. And so in beginning, uh, JT, it's probably important in my thought to point out for myself and perhaps uh, our listeners as well that the basic reason that organizational environment is important is that it affects the one thing that is critical to being productive, and that is employee performance. Uh, in, in government and in private sector, achieving the organizational or business goal depends on the performance of people. Now, I wanted to uh, ask you to just talk for a minute before I lay out these factors, if you will. I want to lay out some factors. Uh, what you generally think about this notion of the workplace environment and, and its effect on uh, the performance in the workplace. Uh, what connection you see between the two of them before I begin to listen, give our listeners a sense of what the, the factors that I've discovered from my research uh, that seem to be important and seem to shape the, the workplace environment. you have any thoughts about that question? I do, uh, Bernard. Uh, you know, what I mostly hear um, about mm -hmm. the question you just uh, posed to me is salary. Uh, the government employees are always comparing their salaries to private sector uh, salaries. And, uh, you know, government jobs don't pay so well. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. when you are trying to compare them to private jobs. So right. when you take a government job, I mean, you, you have to be willing to serve. You, you have to be yeah. willing to get in there and serve the government, serve the people of the government, right. uh, and, and not worry about salary. And, mm -hmm. and, and private jobs, you know, they offer more autonomy. I mean, we in the government, we talk about shutdowns. I mean, we, we have one looming now. I mean, so, right, right. It, it, and so employee morale tends to go down during this time of the year because uh, we're hoping that we get a debt ceiling passed so that uh, we, doesn't, we don't have to worry about a government shutdown. So, so Bernard, those type of factors, uh, it, it, it impacts uh, the workplace uh, in terms of the employee's morale. Yeah, well, I, I, I would I would agree as well. It's been a long, long time. I used to work in the federal government many, many years ago before um, a lot of our listeners, well, a long time ago, let's just say it that way. But I do know that those things you just mentioned, salary and morale, are really crucial to getting work done and helping employees feel like performing. So uh, I want to move just a little bit as we move our conversation I wanted to say, uh, if you will, 
when we get to it, you listen to the list and everyone will. I want to get you to uh, especially talk about the perspectives around the importance of supervisory support and mentoring and coaching, which you'll hear in the list. Now, I want to give you a list uh, of the, the 11 factors that tend to shape the, the, the workplace environment uh, in the government and perhaps even beyond. But for our listeners, there's really a double application of each of these 11 factors that I'm going to mention. For example, number one, if you are a worker, what I'm going to suggest when you hear this list is that you put a plus before those that tend to be positive in your mind, in your situation, for you. And put a, a minus beside each of those that don't seem to be present for you and for uh, your uh, manager or the work that you do with them. If you happen to be a manager, consider and please put a yes or no next to the item. What I want you to do that for is it'll give you a picture of how you and your employees experience and see the environment that you're leading. And it points out the opportunity really that exists to be more effective in managing the part of your responsibility that you own to shape the environment that you and your employees work in and that impact the employees and the performance that they provide. So here, here we go. And I'll mention a little snip, snippet for each one, a little descriptor, if you will. So here we go. The first item or factor that shapes the work environment is goal setting. And it simply, are employees involved in setting meaningful goals and performance measures for their work? Are they engaged? Do they have a say-so? Do they have any involvement? Number two, performance feedback. Is information on how I'm doing, how I'm performing, given to me regularly as an employee? Number three, is my role clear? Role ambiguity is number three. That is the role that I have uh, and required to perform is really consistent with what my expectations were and your expectations were when you hired me. Number four, uh, define processes. That is the organization work. I understand it and it's set up in a way where the work makes sense and it's 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 consistently en enough meeting the way we were told that it would work uh, or, or if it has changed. Number five, workplace incentives. Are they present? Are they there? Uh, the sixth one is supervisory support. Immediate supervisors act as advocates for the employee. Uh, number seven, mentoring slash coaching. That is, I get some sense of coaching while I'm doing what it is I'm doing as a worker. I have an opportunity to apply what I know. That's number eight. Number nine, I'm given the tools, job aids, if you will, is number nine. I'm given the tools to do what I need to do. And number uh, 10, the fact is the environmental fact, that is the, the lighting is good, the temperature is good, the ventilation is good, the things that kind of what the Hawthorne would call the environmental factors. And then finally, physical factors. Physical factors really in the workplace uh, is the work laid out so I'm, I'm able to uh, work in a situation where I'm not overcrowded. I can really have a comfortable space to get the job done. So those are the 11. And, and so I want to get you to think about those. And even as you think about those and you consider those, 
uh, I want to get you to consider the two that I mentioned to JT I'd like him to comment about because we could talk about each of them, but we don't have time to do all of them. So JT, I'd love you to talk about uh, this mentoring and coaching piece and the supervisory support piece and give us your sense of how they affect or could affect or would affect the workplace environment. Any any kind of perspective you have there as well as the mentoring and coaching. Yes, sir. Um, Bernard, one thing about mentoring and coaching government employees, uh, you have to realize that uh, government employees are dealing with uh, a lot of time uh, budget restraints on certain different projects uh, that we have to uh, get accomplished. Uh, a lot of times uh, I hear government employees talking about, well, we don't have enough employees in this section to mm-hmm. get a certain project done. You know, a lot of that is true. I mean, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of course, with the uh, hiring uh, uh, freezes that we have in government uh, uh, employment, uh, it, it sometimes that workload has to be put on this particular employee in that section. I mean, he has to take on two, three workloads. Okay, okay. And a lot of times that that, that is frustrating and certainly uh, 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 um, it, it kills morale for that employee right. because you don't think he's getting paid enough money to do all of this, first exactly. of all. Yeah. And, you know, well, that's interesting because I'd like you to tie that into this whole notion of supervisory support. Somehow there's a connection between the need for the supervisor to be engaged where that is a reality for many of the employees. What's your take on the the, the impact, uh, protect the relationship of supervisory support as, it, as you consider the notion of the workplace environment? Absolutely. Um, the supervisor has to be able to... Um, <laughs> Tell this employee, look this employee in his face, and let them, he or she know that, look, I, I'm with you. I, I'm mm-hmm, there for you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give you all the uh, the assistance that you have. I'm going to even assist. You right. have to have employee buy-in. When mm-hmm. you have certain situations like that or circumstances like that, where that employee is out there by themselves uh, trying to get a job done, trying to get work accomplished, working double time, overtime, doesn't matter. You have mm-hmm. to give that employee that buy-in where they'll understand that that at the end you will reward these employees uh, um, okay. by giving them letter of appreciations, by right. giving them bonuses. You have to give sure, them incentives sure. to want to do what they're doing uh, in spite of not having enough employees to, to help get something done. So you have Good to make deal. sure that you give that employee incentives such as bonuses and that right. type of thing. Right. Okay. Well, listen, we, we're going to come up on a break, and uh, I'd like to uh, have you uh, stay with us and stay st- uh, stay st- sticking with us as we go to our break. Uh, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back to continue our conversation with Mr. J.T. Holt uh, and myself. Uh, stay with us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernard E. Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to leadershipforum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum. Good morning and welcome back. Uh, if you're just joining me, you're joining myself and my guest, uh, J.T. Holt, James J.T. Holt, who is a government uh, manager uh, with uh, the Marine and uh, 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 organization in Albany, Georgia, and he is uh, a, a manager who's had 25 years, really greater than 25 years of experience, and he's my discussion partner today. So welcome back if you're just, welcome back or welcome if you're just t- tuning in. We're going to move our conversation beyond the elements, the 11 factors, if you will, I mentioned, and there's really a, a could be a desire to, to cover all of them, uh, goal setting, uh, performance feedback, which is always a big deal, which we could spend a lot of time on, but we're going to come back if we have an opportunity to and pick that up, but we're going to move on to another important question and really one of the questions that would raise in the very description of the show, and that is, what are the challenges that leaders face? in meeting the expectations of those who work for them and 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 the, that they and, and the folks that they lead. Now, I want to say that we've actually already heard a couple of the challenges that JT mentioned earlier. One is salary, uh, in terms of particularly when you compare with the private sector, and the other is employee morale. Well, I want to mention at least f- uh, five others, uh, in fact, six others, that should be added to your thought as a manager or as a worker, a leader, 
uh, that are really challenges that leaders face in meeting the expectations of those who work for them. The first challenge is the fact that in terms of just the overall notion of challenges, there's an aging workforce uh, in, in, in the government, in, in, in the federal government and the state government as well. Uh, and, and for some agencies and for some organizations, they may be experiencing at some point in the future an, an oncoming wave of retirements. So, and, and the workforce is aging, and it has an impact on how one must lead and manage and think about the whole process. There are generational differences that exist. Uh, uh, cities and governments need new strategies, in fact, to attract younger workers, if you will, as an aging workforce, and this kind of connects with that. There, there are generational differences that exist right now within the, the workforce. The whole idea of pension and pension reform, uh, that is, the public service as um, was stated out earlier, uh, doesn't necessarily get as paid paid as, as well as perhaps sometimes in the private sector. So public service may be less attractive, particularly less attractive to high potential workers. There's also the whole fiscal environment, uh, very happily uh, covered already, very happily described. The whole idea of we can't solely rely on uh, the the government to 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 be uh, managed just based on the the economy. We we really rely on um, good compensation. We also rely on good fiscal uh, management, so we don't have to worry, for example, about government shutdowns, because that's not something that uh, sometimes you'd have to worry about at all. I should say in the private sector. So beyond the aging workforce. The general uh, uh, generational differences, pension reform, the whole notion of big pay, the whole notion of employee morale, they there there's some of the challenges. The question is, what challenges do you uh, know of? What challenges beyond those that we've mentioned are really present for you? Uh, one of my listeners uh, wrote and said, I believe that demonstrating basic customer service in terms of respect and communicating with people is a challenge and is it one that should be uh, understood uh, that those who work with and serve the employees and stakeholders that meet the public, they really should begin and understand how basic customer service is important in the way they work with their employees. Another challenge that he mentioned is being willing to admit mistakes uh, and be willing to correct them when you know that you have made them. So there are a number of challenges that he's mentioned. Uh, one last one, which is other challenges that uh, employees may be faced. I don't know how it affects managers, but it probably does. That is having funds for training and having not enough funds for training. Uh, not understanding that that causes an erosion in the, the skills that employees have to perform the very duties that uh, they desire to perform at the optimum level. Now, JT, I mentioned these because they're probably not new. Maybe one or two may be different than you thought about. But what what do you think about uh, our, our, our respondents, um, my guests, uh, not my guests, but this uh, note I got? What do you think about these, and uh, what would be your comment about not only the ones I've mentioned, but any that you might see that are not mentioned here? Bernard, you, I tell you, you hit the nail on the head. When you talk about customer service, I mean, that's one of the things that if you don't have good customer service, um, you, you, you're pretty much not going to turn out a really good product because you're, mm-hmm. all, all your employees 
or I mean they're burnt out. Um, um, their morale is down, and a lot of times it's a level of vitriol that goes on from one section to another section. I mean, it's almost like the Game of Thrones. I mean, who's going to knock the, which one down? Which section is going to knock the other down? And so mm-hmm. you don't have total buy-in from the entire organization. I mean, you may have a great section here, great section there, but overall, the org- as an organization, you, you need to be able to pull all of these sections together where you can run like a well-oiled machine. Right, and, right. And when, you, when you're talking about the aging workforce, I mean, Bernard, that is the key. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to have so many retirements here in the next five, ten years where if the government doesn't get it right, we're right. going to lose a lot of talented people mm-hmm. uh, to the private sector because of, I mean, of the lack of leadership. I, I'm reminded right. of a show you had, I think, on July the 31st, and, 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 and it was talking about unconsciously incompetent, incompetent. Right. Uh, I think you were, that was a show on July 31st. I, you know, I would ask each listener to go back to that show, July 31st, when you talked about that. I mean, we, we have to have uh, leaders who are competent and able to disseminate information to your employees that uh, they can understand. I mean, that mm-hmm. they can have total buy-in. And, right. And, and when you have a workforce that's aging like this and you take a brand-new manager and you put him in that section where you got these guys been here 20, 30 years, I mean, if that manager yeah. isn't skilled, he's going to have exactly. a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that aging workforce, they've been there a long time. They've been there. They've done that. They've been through so many different managers. And then when you come in, I mean, it's just going to take some, uh, some, some, some really good uh, uh, training. To a lot of those folks are not trained. Uh, they've been trained back 30 years ago, but they haven't right. been to training because of funding, because of uh, budget constraints, and where those guys are not able to get innovative, get into the 21st century. And so they know a lot about uh, what happened 20 years ago. Sure, but sure. The organization well, has moved on. The organization okay. has moved forward. But in moving me, forward, they didn't bring those folks with them to right. give them that training that, you know, where they're moving, okay. where's the organization moving, where you're not yeah, bringing yeah. your employees let me, with you. Let me, let me break in on you because I want to do this because I want to, what would be a, a, a plausible way of managing this whole notion of uh, integrating uh, employees? Or what, I guess what I'd say, what's the prescription that would make the situation different and better? In your eyes, what would be some of the things I have? Let me give you, I'll lead in on this by saying it this way. You know, I'm pretty much a guy who knows a lot about, talks a lot about, has done a good degree of work in the whole notion of team building. So you put everybody focused on the common goal, if you will. But, But beyond that, what would be your sense of what might be useful to do as we give kind of a, a sense of, 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 of opportunity here. Uh, I, I, I have my own thoughts, but before I share it, I'd love to get your thoughts on what would be some things that would be done because the situation that you're describing is a real is a reality. So what would be something that would, would make up would be a positive impact, make a positive difference? 
Well, I can tell you what I do, and of course, one size doesn't fit all. Um, sure. I would sure. start with performance improvement plans. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you know the organization is moving into a different direction, those employees who have been there for decades and mm-hmm. uh, not have been trained to get, I mean, to move forward into with the organization. Uh, as a manager, as a leader, I think every manager should want to give their employee a performance improvement plan. Lay Terrific. out lay out everything on that on that plan that you need this employee to know in, in the direction that the organization is going now. I mean, a lot of times you get employees, and I've seen this, Bernard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, employees will We're, retire because yeah. they're like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to work with this new system. Sure, sure, I, I, sure. I don't want to yeah. work with this so new computer the, system. Uh, you know, now, so I, I've seen that happen, yeah. but you have okay, to beside, lay out. Beside. Besides the the plan, the performance plan, which I think is good, I'd also say there's an important need for the supervisor manager to have kind of an onboard plan. That is, when you have a new employee, a way of making sure you integrate them. I'm talking about a little bit more than the introduction or the, 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 the beginning where you tell a person what work they're doing. I'm talking about really a plan to integrate this new person into the workplace. So in addition to the performance plan, performance improvement plan, which would be wonderful to give each employee, in fact, but to have a situation where when a person comes on board, he or she is given a real good sense of how they fit into the workplace and how their role fits into the workplace. And I guess you know that when you know all of the the work that uh, you're coming into, but in many cases I find that employees don't know all of that, and managers can make a real good imprint and impact, in fact, uh, on their own quality of their leadership and their management by helping their employee be successful and getting them getting them, them moving uh, in a good sense of connectedness to the work they're doing, really picking up on some of the things I mentioned those earlier factors, really knowing how their role fits. So I want to I want to move I want to move 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 you move us back into the, any, any one other thing that you would mention or think about that would be good for us to do and help leaders think about. Here's something you can do: performance plan, uh, good onboarding plan, so folks really get integrated, including having them connect up with an employee and help them get guided. Any other real positive, uh, po- positive uh, uh, solutions that you can think of uh, uh, that would be useful for leaders and and would be helpful to make sure that they met the challenges that uh, we've been speaking about. Absolutely. Um, I, I can't speak for every manager, but what I would do certainly is take one of my um, seasoned employees, one of my employees who may be a subject matter expert, and um, and I would pair that new employee up with that mm-hmm. that expert and um, and have them go work out in the field. I mean, especially in the type of work that we do. And, right. Uh, so that 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 employee that he he will course come into our section work with this guy who's been there uh 10 years or so and mm-hmm. he will show him exactly the process uh, right, state right. of work if you will uh, mm-hmm. uh or sop standard operation procedure that, that we do in our section in yeah. order to uh, uh complete our mission good deal well those are good three good pieces there i want to say too i wanted to acknowledge what you mentioned earlier that there's not one size fits all so i hope as our listeners are listening to what we're sharing that they can begin to think about adapting what they are hearing to their own situation and add to it uh, as as need be and so uh, i want to 
make sure that we acknowledge that their perspectives are different and one size doesn't fit all, but certainly the three things we've mentioned, the whole notion of having a performance improvement plan, the whole idea of having an onboarding process, the idea of joining or connecting a new person with someone who's coming, someone who's coming on, are all the kinds of challenges that exist that leaders can and managers can take to help shape the, the work environment. I, I, I want to make sure that they understand those other the factors that we mentioned are still salient, but they'd probably be applied depending on the individual. I do know this as well. Uh, there are certain kinds of expectations that government employees have for those who are managing them. Uh, I mentioned in a previous show that almost for sure every employee uh, for the characteristics that they would like to see and admire in their leaders, they want a, a manager and leader who's honest. They want a manager or leader who's competent, who's dependable and intelligent and who cares if you will and and, and who is mature and self-controlled uh, you sometimes will get all of those but the honesty is the top one the competency tends to be the second because both of those relate to the whole notion of trust so as we have that kind of lead in what are the kinds of expectations that government employees have for those who are their leaders in your opinion well, everything that you just stated there, Bernard, uh, certainly a leader that has humility, uh, mm -hmm, one who mm -hmm. actually cares about people. Right. You have leaders, uh, some leaders, uh, I mean, they don't. And, and, mm -hmm, and their mm -hmm. ideology may be different than that new employee come in, and uh, and I guarantee that new employee is going to feel that when he's right. not, uh, going in that direction of the ideology that the manager would like for him to go. And mm -hmm. you, you, you have a lot of managers that uh, lead by intimidation, which right. is something that's not sustainable. I mean, you you can you can be a bully uh, for so long. I mean, that's I mean because you got the AFGE, uh, the yeah. American Federation of Government Employees. I mean, uh, and, and the word that we uh, commonly hear is union, the union. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so um, a lot of managers get themselves uh, uh, in a jam uh, with the union because of the way that they treat their uh, employees. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I say to you that humility is something you want. You want to be fair. Uh, right. uh, you you, you want to be across the board. You you don't want to mm -hmm. treat Bernard uh, uh, better than you treat JT. I mean, you, exactly. you just don't want to do it. You want to be fair across the board. Absolutely. And, well, listen, good deal. Now, we're going to come up on a break. We are coming up on a break, and so we're going to take another break. And after that break, we're going to get into a few of the things that you need to be effective as a leader, uh, that is, the kinds of skills, knowledges, and, and attitudes for, for a bit. And we're going to move our conversation still further so that we can get to a place where we can deliver a little bit more information to our, to our listeners. So I want to thank you again, and, and we're going to go into break now, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernard E. Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to leadershipforum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum. Okay, thanks so much. Welcome back. And again, my guest today is J.T. Holt, a uh, manager in the federal government. He's been a long-time manager in the federal government, and he's he uh, is uh, both a colleague and a friend. I'm glad he's joined me today. As we left, we were talking about the kinds of characteristics that, and expectations, I should say, that employees have for their managers. And we're going to kind of move in that, that same vein as we pick up uh, after the break and simply ask the question, what are some of the skills, insights, attitudes, uh, and knowledge that leaders need to have, uh, need to, have to be effective uh, as government leaders? And so it's a free-flowing kind of discussion. So we'll spend a few minutes here, and we may not cover every one of those knowledge, insights, skills, but we want to definitely talk about that. So uh, one of the things that I'm aware of is that if you're going to be an effective manager in the a government or in any organization, private sector or government, but government as we talk about it, you should understand the mission and the objectives that are set by the organization. Uh, that's just kind of a basic uh, understanding, a basic level of knowledge one should have if they're going to be a manager in a different, in an organization and have the skills that relate to being able to impart that mission so that others know and understand the mission and the objectives that the organization is is uh, in business to take care of. Uh, they 
should be able to have that. What are some other areas of knowledge that you would believe are important for managers in the, uh, the government to have, JT? That's a good question, uh, Bernard. Uh, you have to have a knowledge of your job, uh, first of all, mm-hmm. when managing employee, employees. Right. And stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, oftentimes, uh, like I said, a person uh, you're managing has been in that section a lot longer than you have when you were hired into it, when you're applying for the job and hired into that job. Right. Uh, so so you, you, you have to have some uh, degree of knowledge of, of what you took on I mean what you job do. you just mm-hmm. accepted and, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 know how to get in there and uh, and do it effectively and definitely okay what else well I think about the insight uh, mm-hmm. I mean you got to have the insight to know you know when when you're above your head I mean when you're in over your head I mean mm-hmm. if, if you know that you are, uh, are in a job and you know that that job is just way above your head. You, you're going to have to be able to go and get some type of uh, tools, mm-hmm. guidelines, and training. Mm-hmm. Or, or you may have to even uh, uh, get with your HRO and, and, yeah. and, and tell them, hey, this is just too much. It wasn't what I expected. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of times you, you have to have that insight to know that. I mean, Good you, deal. You, Good you, deal. Mm-hmm. Let me let me add in here because I want to make sure I don't. I think one of the insight uh, insights, uh, JT, is that you must understand, and this is so maybe repetitive for me. You must understand how important the relationship is between a leader and those who are following them. Yeah. Uh, the relationship, if you will, uh, is so critical. That's in terms of an insight. The relationship is critical, uh, and, and the way in which you communicate with staff in order to purvey uh, that uh, that relationship is critical. I, as you know, uh, I often say the term relationships are everything. All else is details, because if one can't relate, then they can't uh, engage, if you will, the employee to to be in in partnership with them to get the goal of the of the work and the organization done. So I'm always, in terms of insights, wanting to say and make sure I add into the discussion the whole notion of the relationship and how important the relationship is. Uh, leadership is dependent on relationship uh, that are forged with the staff. And if you can't help create that relationship that allows you to be on the same page, the, the opportunity to fulfill the mission and achieve the vision it's going to be compromised. Uh, one of those that I would say, too, in terms of insight, is leading by example. Uh, there's an old statement: you can't uh, teach what you, you can't preach what you don't uh, what you don't live. Uh, so anyway, that's another. But t- let's talk about uh, skills for a minute. What what are some skills that you've learned and you use? And you mentioned some of them actually, but just point out a couple of skills that you use. You know, when it comes to skills. Um, that requires a lot of training, and um, and I've had a lot of leadership training in my uh, career, and I really appreciate all the training that I've had, and um, a lot of it came from uh, you, Bernard, and well, I well, appreciate thank you. Sir. you. Uh, a lot of folk may not know, uh, you know, how you and I met. Um, I mean, well, go right ahead. You tell them. You can tell them a little well, bit. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I met you back in 2012, and and and, 
and uh, I think we were in some type of government training there where you were uh, one of my uh, uh, teachers. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you came in, and uh, and when I first met you, I thought that this guy right here, man, is uh, is phenomenal, and, and and just the way in which you uh, articulate yourself and and you put that. Uh, I mean, you put it out there. I mean, it's low hanging fruit for anyone to to just go out there and grab hold to it and the book that you wrote the skills of an effective leader i mean i i just advise anyone to get that book if you want to be a leader or you aspire to be a leader uh you you have to be trained because you're asking people to follow you you you, Mm -hmm. you're asking people to buy in to what you're telling them and and you have to be effective in doing that because Mm -hmm. one thing about people i mean they can sniff out when when you're not credible i mean you have to have credibility exactly in in order to tell what i like to say grown folks if Mm -hmm. you want to try and tell them what to do exactly and and, and no matter who on top of you your manager i mean when they disseminate it down to you you're going to have to disseminate it to the workers, and, and you have to be uh, uh, effective in doing that. Well, I want to thank you. Uh, very complimentary, and I, I, I appreciate that. And I try to do what I do, and I love what I do, quite frankly. And so uh, I'm glad. It, again, it's, it's, it's been good. We, we've, we've had a, a good uh, uh, relationship then and good working and learning experience, and I, and I love learning. I want to mention a couple of other things that, that are kind of the – Skills, the the kinds of, if you will, uh, things that leaders need to be effective. And I want to mention five, and then I'll move us to another space. Most um, employees and most leaders should want to be good problem solvers. There's only going to be five. Leaders, if they're going to perform effectively, need to be problem solvers. Uh, They need to be visionary. I won't mention all the pieces that go with these. They need to be proactive. That is, you can't be uh, reactive. Uh, you can't be a laissez-faire. You have to be proactive. You have to anticipate and look forward with where you're going and where your people are going. You have to be accountable. I almost want to put a red sign on that one. You have to be accountable, uh, honest, confident. You have to be transparent. you got to try to make sure you accept responsibilities. As my listeners who wrote me a note said, uh, you got to be able to make mistakes and, and own them. You have to yeah. be influential. The whole notion of leadership is in being able to influence others, kind of nothing more, nothing less. Those kinds of things help people feel motivated, uh, worth following you. Uh, you you want to be able to be a good mentor and coach, as you, as you mentioned. And then finally, I always like to say it, character. you got to have character. You know, uh, Abraham Lincoln says it this way, character is like the tree, and reputation is like its shadow. The shadow is what we think of it. The tree is the real thing. So you got to have character. At the end of the day, folks are looking for it. And here's some of the tools that you should have as a leader. These are really what I call the, the real, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the real work of the leader involves developing your people, motivating your team, building your organization, and looking for ways to achieve the greater good for the organization, the people, and your big C customers. And then being able to work within, and sometimes eh, slightly, if you will, outside the boxes. I don't mean breaking the law. Uh, to 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 move past some bureaucratic lines where it's not illegal, unlawful, or really uh, not appropriate. Uh, and then you want to keep yourself getting better all the time. You want to keep working to get better. So those are some of the things that would be helpful for a leader to have. 
and uh, they they revolve around just taking care of the people. At the end of the day, it's about the people, uh, making sure they're developed, making sure they're well, making sure that they improve, and that you have good employee relations with them and morale, making sure that you recognize them, which you mentioned very early, uh, JT, you're working in a situation where you're not probably getting paid as much. You got to have some sense of acknowledgement that you're doing a good job. And there are a whole bunch of strategies that one can use to make sure that happens. So these are things that, if you will, they're almost kind of common sense, but Sometimes in the midst of working, what I've discovered is that it kind of got to get the work done and you forget about these important things. And so we certainly want to this morning talk about the kind of tools that uh, you can use to improve the employee engagement with you and with your organization. And I just mentioned them again, developing your people, motivating your team, building your organization, looking for ways to achieve the greater good for everybody, uh, working sometimes outside, but certainly within the boxes, and then keeping yourself getting better. I, I like to say it this way. If you don't read as a leader, you, you can't lead well for long. You got Leaders read, yeah. and you got to keep getting better. You, you got to keep doing that. So let me just say that, uh, that we, as we kind of push past this particular point, I, I want to say that uh, I had this notion of talking about what, is, what makes a great, uh, great public sector leader. And I kind of want to say that uh, that's something we've been actually kind of teetering on, tapping on. So just before we get too far, too far away from that, in your opinion, JT, and I'll give my opinion, you give yours, and we'll have one together, I guess you'd say, what makes a great public sector leader? And I'll let you start, and then I'll pick up with you. Well, uh, what makes a great public sector leader is leading by example. Uh, showing that employee that you're willing to roll up your sleeves uh, just like the section is or just like the organization uh, uh, does. So um, my take on that is definitely you want to be able to do that. You want to be able to lead by example. You want to be able to show that humility. Uh, you want to be able to be truthful. You you want to show that your your section that you're truthful and mm-hmm. giving out the uh, the type of uh, uh, directions that need to be given out. So um, my main one out of all of them, Bernard, is leading by example. I will not ask my employee to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Very good. And and that's why uh, those type of uh, issues that other managers may have, and I think you and Dr. Scranges uh, Mm -hmm. talked about that with the conflict uh, in government workplace. I mean, uh, uh, I don't have that as much as as any other manager might because other managers may not want to lead by example, but like I say, one size don't fit all. Right. Well, I think uh, the whole notion of leading by example does say a lot. Now, I want to move us to almost as a point where we're getting towards the close of our show. And I just want to say that uh, as you begin to think about where we're going, what we've got to get done, there are four primary tasks for management. You've got to manage the economic performance. You've got to be able to achieve the business goal. Uh, 
you got to be able to make work productive. I mean, these are the essence of all the things we talk about help you do these. You got to help employees or workers gain a sense of achievement. Uh, number four, you got to manage the social climate, social impacts, and the whole social response. That whole workplace environment deal, even though we've we've started where it, with it, we need to continue to keep it in mind. Because the bottom line is this. No matter how good you are as a CEO or senior manager or manager, and no matter how good you might be, if the work or worker is mismanaged or misled, the business performance will be affected, and usually negatively so. You know, as I have some final thoughts about this, uh, in our discussion today, uh, we hope that you, JT and myself, have discovered uh, one or two things about the quality of leadership and the quality of the work environment uh, because again the truth uh, as a leader in government as well as the private sector uh, the, the the direction that the organization goes is in your hands uh, ask yourself these questions has your organization made any changes uh, that are needed to appeal to younger workers do your workers have sufficient opportunities to grow uh, do you have effective uh, work wellness programs and so forth? So there are a whole bunch of things, and these all relate to your being a great leader. Now, I want to get ready to close because, JT, I want to thank you for joining me. I'd like to thank uh, you very much for taking the time. I'd like the, our listeners to be sure to listen in next week. We're going to replay the teacher's leader. Uh, and I also want to say, ask yourself, how can I apply what I've heard today on the show and become a more effective leader? I'd love to hear from you and know your questions and reactions. Send me your questions and your thoughts here uh, at uh, Leadership Forum uh, at IHDINC.org. And uh, just before you, you leave me, be sure to find a way to make a difference in someone's life this week through the quality of your leadership. I'd wish you, and JT, again, I want to thank you uh, for being with me. I'd like to wish you a terrific day. Uh, make someone's life better this week through the quality of your leadership. Have an outstanding day, if you will, everyone, and an even better week. I'm Bernard Robinson, and you've been an important part of the Leadership Forum. See you next week on the radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Be sure to join Bernard E. Robinson for another edition of the program next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We wish you an outstanding week.